Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Did I really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Grandma, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that bacteria can swap their DNA. She said that shows they evolved. Is that a fact? Did you ask your teacher how she knows? What did the bacteria evolve into? Oh, Grandpa, it's in the science books. That's got to be right. Science books used to say that if a pregnant woman had a lot of bad thoughts, the baby would be born deformed. But that was wrong. So be careful about trusting everything in a science book. But the book I do trust is the Bible, the Word of God. It's never been proven wrong. When I asked if anyone knew what bacteria evolved into, I knew the answer was, they didn't. Life on Earth hasn't evolved up from bacteria, but was created. Do you know where to read about that? Are you talking about Genesis, Grandpa? Yes, indeed. In the book of Genesis is the account of the six days of creation. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, we read, Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. But what about the bacteria swapping their DNA? Doesn't that show some kind of evolution? Actually, it depends on how the word is being used at the time. The basic meaning of evolution is change over time. But what the science book is trying to say is that over time, that bacteria changed into you and me. But that's crazy. What's really happening to those bacteria, Grandpa? That's a great question. You see, many bacteria can indeed swap or transfer some DNA or genes such as resistance to antibiotics. But there was no new DNA made. For example, penicillin-resistant bacteria were found in the frozen bodies of humans who died decades before penicillin was discovered. You see, that information was already there and didn't just happen. So where did all the information come from? From God? You're absolutely correct. God is the master engineer who designed all creation, and he even designed the tiny bacteria with the ability to adapt to all sorts of changes. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane, president of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association, along with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at SABSA. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. We're going to talk today about bacteria, 
about plasmids and about uh, their ability to swap small segments of genetic information. But what's interesting about all this is that the evolutionists try to say that this is demonstration of evolution. But, Carl, aren't bacteria still bacteria after all of these generations of change? By golly, they are. (laughs) And um, the point that I think is trying to be made here is that just imagine these bacteria as tiny computers. The computer has to have software to run, and the DNA provides the software. How is the computer supposed to work? So when penicillin was introduced to certain populations of bacteria, it killed them off. But there were some bacteria that had a software program that allowed them to resist penicillin. So that information was already there, like we said, like Grandpa said, and it was capable, it was in a type of form that could be transferred. So that information was already there. The software was already written. All the the bacteria had to do was to swap it between themselves to, to survive the onslaught of penicillin. So no new information was made. No new code was written. No new programmer came along and upgraded these bacteria. They admittedly swapped existing software, just like you could swap a a hard drive from one computer to the next. It's the same sort of process. Now, let's give the truth to this, that the plasmids, the ability of these bacteria to swap genetic information is a rather novel process. It is not something that's going on within our own cells. Not within human cells, no, not within so-called eukaryotes. The prokaryotes, the bacteria kind, if you will, have that capability. But the, the eukaryotes, what we are, mammals, most complex organisms, in other words, multicellular organisms, do not have the plasmid capability. But it has not resulted in bacteria becoming anything different than bacteria. That is so the, we get into this whole idea of microevolution, of differentiation, of variation, of adaptation and mutation, as opposed to macroevolution, of one kind changing into another. Terry, you had a quote and some thoughts that, that address that. This is what the Darwinists do. In logic, it is called equivocation. They call changes in a bacteria, whether it be through gene swapping or some other mechanism. They call it evolution and say things like, see, you can see evolution happening. And then they use the term evolution for the general theory of evolution, which is a so-called single-celled organism becoming all of all of life on this planet there's an example of this uh, on the national center for science education website that's eugenie scott and it says a precise understanding of evolution will be critical for achieving energy independence new drugs for the treatment of drug resistant bacteria and an understanding of the species to species jumps of bird flu, and cancer. Then it says you need to know evolution to be a player in the next century. Failure on this account will mean that the next generation of research breakthroughs will be coming from China and India and not the U.S. And Right there, they, when they say you need to know evolution to be a player in the next century, they just switch terms. They're talking about the general theory of evolution which is a simple, so-called simple single-celled organism, which, which we have never observed to all of life on this planet. They, the examples they give are, again, bacteria or 
um, it says species to species jumps of bird flu and cancer, which may be viruses. viruses. Mm-hmm. So they give examples of bacteria remaining bacteria or viruses remaining viruses remaining viruses, but they use that to set up their statement about how you need to know evolution, which is the general theory of evolution. Yeah, what's really difficult about all this is they're stating that you have to know evolution, but their idea of evolution is that one kind changes into another and it's never been observed. That in spite of all this, all of this changing, all of the shuffling around of the deck, as we talked about earlier, bacteria are still bacteria. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking about how bacteria can swap information. Scientists love to play with bacteria because their lifespans are very short. That gives you a new generation very quickly. This ability with plasmids to swap information does not go on within our cells. It gives for quicker variation. They would say it's quicker evolution, but that's the the equivocation that you were talking about, Terry. But they get to do a lot of work because of the quick variation of these things. And, but they don't see the dividing line between microevolution, variation, adaptation, and mutation, and macroevolution of one kind changing into another. After all of the shuffling of the deck, bacteria are still bacteria. We do find evidence of microfossils, of variation within species, but we don't see one kind turning into another, which would be macroevolution. Antibiotic resistance, which you alluded to, is one big thing that is totally misunderstood. And it's not just antibiotic resistance that's misunderstood. It is resistance to, of insects to pesticides. That is not something that evolved. That is something that was pre-programmed into them. A great example of this is the Franklin Expedition. 1845, the Franklin Expedition set off to explore the Arctic. It was a tragic expedition in the fact that everyone on the expedition died. A few of them died early on the edge of the Arctic in what was called uh, uh, King William Island. Their remains were recovered in the 1980s, and in 1981, they did some forensic analysis of these bodies and found out that these bodies, and again, we're talking 1845, we're talking, Carl, how long is that before antibiotics were ever invented? Penicillin itself was produced and released somewhere in the 1940s. All right, so we're talking almost 100 years before antibiotics are ever introduced. And yet, these bodies were found to have antibiotic-resistant bacteria within them, showing that this is not something that evolved, that changed in response to that, but that these qualities, this information was already available in bacteria. And what happens with antibiotic resistance is not that new information is made, not that it adapts that way to make itself that, but that and this is why doctors caution us, take your full regimen of antibiotics, is if you don't take the full regimen, if you stop when you start feeling better, which is what too many people do, you have now killed off all of the bacteria which was resistant, which was easily killed, but you are not making sure that the ones that are more resistant get killed off. And now you are setting up a strain that moves forward of that that's only resistant types. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe. You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com.
And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible.